let's be honest, the situation that we're dealing with right now is definitely one that is uncertain. There definitely is a lot of questions, but one thing that I am definitely certain about is that the government's reaction to this is absolutely absurd, and even, according to some, making the situation that much worse. To talk about that, plus a lot more, we have John Snyson, economic historian, a part of many other in independent media organizations out there. And of course, personally, I would like to say, of course, I've been reporting on the crazy situation that the world is in. I've been covering a lot of important details. I've been telling people it's better to be safer than sorry. But also, I've been telling people Government should always be met with skepticism, especially when you look at it from the perspective of what happened to Jeffrey Epstein. And when you have a government that, again, says, don't worry, we're going to keep you safe. A lot of people are asking, are you going to keep me as safe as you did Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> and of course, there's a lot of things to be very critical of, a lot of disinformation, a lot of government agencies contradicting themselves, telling you not to wear masks, a lot of governors taking advantage of this situation to impose draconian measures. And we're seeing just a lot of insanity, not only in the United States, but also all over the world, including the United Kingdom, where, again, police officers have decided to take the important responsible duty of walking up to every single bench in a park in nature and putting police do not cross lines, criminal investigation tape all over them as if you're creating some kind of criminal act by trying to sit on chairs in a park. In other places, going out to nature, fishing, hunting, gardening, all have been made illegal but congregating in Walmart, an organization, multinational corporation that is investing in China right now. No, you could congregate there all you want. The city of Los Angeles decided to take measures into their own hands and started to literally fill skate parks with sand. Yes, this is your tax dollars at work brilliantly getting rid of this park by putting sand in it, which is absolutely freaking ridiculous. And I have to call it out here because, again, I've been talking about this for a very long time. Uh, they're making the situation that much worse, and they do need to be called out for it. John, that's my assessment. What is yours? The only thing that the government makes us safe from is our own freedoms, you know, that we supposedly had, you know, that's the only thing that they take away from us, of course. Uh, you know, that it, it just like seems to be a competition about who could be more totalitarian right now, uh, especially in the United States and, and uh, the UK uh, and uh, Australia seems to also try to really compete uh, heavily with China. Uh, you know, with the heavy, uh, heavy, heavy hand of the state, you know, tracking now, you know, tracking you and, and making sure that you're you're fine. All these, you know, talking about microchipping, all these things are coming up now, how you can track and trace individuals. So, you know, you feel better, you, you'll be safe, you know, the, the, the government will take care of you because they will make sure that nobody that has COVID-19 gets close to you, of course. Uh, that's their whole, you know, scheme behind this. And uh, and what they're doing a lot of times is, you know, so much uh, more worse. Uh, it's funny here in, in the province of Manitoba, where I live, they closed down uh, national parks, which we have two of them. But then we have provincial parks and they are open <laughs> because our provincial premier, at least, he said that, you know, people need to uh, get some relaxation from this craziness to actually be able to be able to go out in nature. 
just that the government itself actually owns nature and can stop you from going into you know uh, uh, open land that you know they've said that oh we we run this show you know you can block off the road so and it's going to be illegal to be even in the border of uh, a place that nobody uses uh, so it's just rules like these that governments constantly come out with uh, you know trying to um, and then as Ram Emanuel said you know former uh, I think it was an aide or uh, something to uh, Barack Obama he said don't let a good crisis go to waste and of course that's what they're doing right now with you know Illinois banning seeds. Yeah. Uh, and saying that it's non-essential, that's so ridiculous. Like you're out in your own backyard in your uh, planting your own seeds. Now, all the, they want to do is they, if, if it was up to governments, in my point of view, they would be like, everybody stay inside and the FEMA is going to go and give you the rotten Monsanto food that everybody's going to get. And uh, yeah, just stay inside and uh, the government will run the show here and make sure that everybody's safe. We'll just shut down the whole economy. Everything is going to be shut down and you're just going to be fed by the government. That would yep. be their wet dream here. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like you know, just just you know, we'll just give you a little free trial of communism. Everything's free. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We live in a world where everything's just going to be provided and handed to you by the wonderful people that make the DMV run so well, or the post office, by the way. Yeah, and again, just to clarify, this is a situation that I wanted to avoid from the very beginning. I've been telling people, hey, you know, let's give some people some space, especially the elderly, especially the immune compromised. Let's let's wear masks. Let's maybe even try to get rid of the influenza. I've been making arguments saying, hey, we need a lot of education and we need a lot of personal responsibility. We need radical self-reliance. We need people to understand that this situation takes this seriously and act appropriately because if we don't, the government will have more of an excuse to come in and sweep away your rights with other people cheering on for it. We don't want that. We want to avoid all of that, but it's but that's that's sadly where we are. Now we have some protests happening. Of course, some people are saying these protesters are great. Some people are saying these protesters are horrible. Again, I'm saying we don't know the true veracity of this sickness. We don't know how things will be unfolding. Nothing is 100% certain. We're still getting a lot of information, a lot of data. But uh, putting on my kind of tinfoil theoretical hat on, I have to kind of uh, entertain this kind of uh, possibility that what what's going to happen if someone gets sick from these protests or someone say even dies again i'm i'm just speaking hypothetically i'm not saying it's happening i'm not saying either of these extremes are legitimate but but if that happens the government will have even more of an excuse and have more people calling for more government if something goes bad at these you know demonstrations that's another angle i think is worth just considering or even just thinking about because with this entire situation, we still don't know exactly what we're dealing with. There's no one that could pinpoint with 100% certainty that this is grave or this is nothing. Um, so this is the kind of perplexing view. What is the right action? John, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, 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 I legitimately don't know looking at the information and data that, that again, there's, there's evidence suggesting either of those sides. What do you think? Well, I, I think like I'm, I'm uh, you know, at the place where I would just suggest that, you know, people that are terminal or that are uh, bad sicknesses that are in the risk of, you know, any uh, any illness, you know, that they could get that they would take per, uh, severe precautions for themselves and make sure that, you know, they are safe. And then people could help them, of course, uh, through the crisis, because like shutting down a whole economy and believing that it will uh, come right back up when you have a massive overly indebted uh, people on the private side, in businesses and everywhere, 
Um, you, you're so wrong, and I, I think it was just the government wanting this to happen in the first place. Uh, so I would have I would have kept the economy open, and then highly suggested to people that you know uh, this is we we don't know where it's going to go, but take uh, severe precautions, especially for those that are you know in the risks of anything when it comes to, and that's mostly you know old people and and people that are you know immune compromised, of course. Um, there's people out there like Shiva, of course, Dr. Shiva. If you listen to him, he has I, I listen to him great. Uh, you know, suggestions of, you know, take vitamin E, uh, vitamin A, vitamin C and D3, you know, be out in the sun. You know, it, it's very dangerous to, you know, that they're shaman people and forcing yeah. them some places in the world into their houses. So they're not even allowed to go out and they don't like even the government would be like, yeah, just stay there. That's probably like what uh, some and he's a biological engineer. He actually studies the body, how it works on a minute, you know, microscopic level. Uh, and he sees how, you know, uh, vitamins and all these things get delivered into cells and all this stuff. I think he has something to say compared to a doctor that just is getting trained on how to, you know, give a pharmaceutical drug uh, to someone and say that everything is fine. So, yeah, yeah, there's yeah exactly. The nature, yeah. the nature part you brought up, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, restricting people's access to be alone in nature or, or just shaming them like they did in the United Kingdom. What are they oh, thinking? Yeah. There was even other footage coming out of, of just officers being very heavy handed, shoving people, throwing people, threatening to arrest a journalist as no, he was reporting these thugs. Yeah. These thugs who weren't wearing, you know, the proper PPE, weren't wearing, a you know, gloves or masks or goggles, nothing, just roughhousing uh, individuals who wanted to be in nature, who were getting sun, who were out there in fresh air. That's good for your immune system. The bigger conversation that should be had is, one, stop this government overreach immediately. Two, let's talk about the immune system, maybe even GMOs, maybe all this other stuff about how to actually take care of your body. Yeah. Three, let's be self-reliant. Let's maybe start a garden and, and, and co collectively kind of move away from being reliant on the government system. Because, again, police officers enforcing social distancing by breaking social distancing are making this situation worse. You know, there's a lot of people who are, you know, terrified of other people and having a police officer pull you over because your license plates look different than the ones that are in this. I mean, that's just obviously ridiculous as of course, you know, many of these officers could be spreading this sickness to a lot of people who are not doing anything wrong. And again, this is being politicized in so many different ways, especially in Hong Kong, where many people are being arrested uh, just point blank for just wanting to to just raise some kind of speech against the Chinese government. And again, we're seeing such actions even enforced now for, of course, your safety and your security. Uh, people in, in Hong Kong being arrested for giving out masks and hand sanitizers because they have a sign that says free Hong Kong. And again, also here in the United States is not as bad as China. Uh, you know, citizen journalists aren't disappeared like they were in China that were warning about this, that were the original film your hospital people, people who went to the hospitals in China, documented the exact situation. Independent journalists like that in China were disappeared, most likely murdered. But here in the United States, our government's not perfect either. We should always be critical of any power, of any authority, of any government, especially here in the United States. We're on the left side. We have people blaming Russia on everything. And now on the right side, we have uh, people blaming China on everything. In reality, 
uh, yes, we need to be, uh, you know, smart about what happens with China now, especially with their fingerprints all over this. But we also have to look inward and make sure that our sovereignty, our independence and our rights are not eviscerated right in front of our eyes based off this pretext. And whether this pretext is legitimate or not, it doesn't matter. Our rights should still stand and not be taken away. John, I cut you off. Sorry there. <laughs> No, it's it's all about the, this nanny state, you know, uh, and the government really looks at us as kids because when you listen to some of these health authorities and everybody, they'd be like, stay inside, you know, like your little kid, you know, that you don't know what you're doing. Uh, yeah. Even people grown in their up, backyards, you... people in their backyards have yeah. police officers come to them and be like, get inside. I mean, what? What? Yeah, no. that, is, that is utterly insane, of course. But that's what, you know, the police state wants. It wants more police state. It wants more control over the peasants. And what greater way of implementing all these things than, you know, having the COVID crisis and using it to its fullest extent of what they can to, you know, try to push the envelope to more totalitarianism, removing more rights as uh, as we going through this, uh, you know, a whole lot of times. Let's not, you know, push that behind that people are dying here. And, uh, and any illness, of course, that we have. But, you know, what about, let, let's talk about cancer. You know, the millions of people dying about cancer every year. Uh, nobody's talking about that. Uh, of course, you know, government is putting mass amounts of research into that. So um, the thing here is, that, you know, you went back to, you know, being self-reliant and, and self-educated and not listening to the government. And, and think about where it could be if we actually fully just have removed all these interests and it comes with the, the the monetary system laying in the background corrupting everything if you removed all of that and we got all these ideas out there everybody was talking together everybody was focused on making the world a better place think about where we could be luke uh, you know if if we actually focused on that and got governments and this corrupt monetary system out of the equation yeah yeah and and didn't have just a, this middle fat bureaucratic beast calling itself government supposedly <laughs> standing in the way of just people figuring out the situation for themselves if there's one thing that donald trump deserves to be kind of uh you know uh, you know not even complimented but 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 just talked about as doing something good it's deciding for the states to decide what they want to do themselves some states very heavy-handed approach, like Michigan, absolutely absurd. Some other states didn't lock down at all, like South Dakota. I believe there's three states that just went on as business as usual. Now, there's a cluster building in South Dakota. We're going to see how that situation develops. We had Sweden as the original kind of test subject. And again, many people are pointing to Sweden now, as I was talking about weeks ago, their kind of unique approach to all of this. But one thing is sure, uh, the government made this situation way worse than it should be. Um, and then Donald Trump, again, also flip-flopped in, in one moment. He's like, well, you know, I, the states are going to do whatever they want. In another moment, he's like, I decide what we're going to do. <laughs> Luckily, he went back to states' rights, which I believe is the right approach towards this. Because, again, the more you decentralize power, the more you get rid of it, the more you spread it out amongst other people, the better situation we have because we have unique responses to a definitely unique situation. And as this situation is still... Uh, developing. I still urge caution. I still urge people to take this seriously, but I urge people also to become self-reliant on themselves and at the same time not to allow the government to, one, hand over all of their money to the banksters, mm -hmm. and two, to take away their rights. This is something that we can't allow to happen in this 
country. That's my two cents on it. John, anything else you want to say and where can people find you? Yeah, no, that's that's all comes down to it's the individual rights uh, to be respected or every single human being on this earth and not being trampled upon by the uh, the boot of the state. Right. And that's, you know, the fight that we fought throughout history so many times. It's a cycle that always comes, you know, from no government to all totalitarian government and back back and forth, back and forth. It's just a natural cycle of, uh, I think, of uh, of uh, human beings that we, you know, uh, over time we get lazier and lazier and want to give away more of our uh, power over to others. And of course, uh, at that time, you know, that's when they take away all your rights. So uh, I think we're on the way back, hopefully, that we, the cycle will turn again. Uh, but yeah, again, you can find all my stuff at theeconomictruth.org uh, and of course at bankrun.org. You need to check that out as well. Uh, we could keep updated on the, the monetary side of things through, throughout this crisis because there is a lot of people, you know, taking precautions uh, during this time. So it's very important that you check that out. And of course, I predicted uh, some of the the whole debt fallout. I predicted that in two of my books, The End of Freedom, um, How Our Monetary System Saves Us, and Canada, the Greatest Economy in the World? Question mark. John, thank you so much for joining us. And yes, I definitely agree with you. This is not a time to give up your power. This is a time to empower yourself while being respectful of those in your community, especially the elderly and the immune compromised. I think we could have a level-headed approach on level-headed approach on this. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you think there is, let me know in the comment section. Of course you will. Someone will. Someone will say something, but that's okay. <laughs> we're here for the discussion. We're here for the conversation. That's why we're here, a part of this independent media organization that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you. Thank you again so much for watching. Stay tuned for more. Okay, cool. All right. When you blow your load without thinking about it, there's going to be some consequences because of it. And no, I'm not talking about what you're thinking I'm talking about. I'm talking about financial policies with the U.S. Federal Reserve that are literally just like saying, screw it. We're going to blow our load everywhere, anywhere, and everywhere, while, of course, creating a very horrible economic picture and projection for everyone else to talk about that plus a lot more we have john snyson economic historian to join us about all the latest information happening all around the world and also specifically the situation that happened in cyprus in 2013 that we should all be aware of. Now, John, there's a lot to get into, especially with all the latest news coming in right now from Russia, where we are getting information that Russians recently withdrew $13.6 billion in cash from their local ATMs. Around 1 trillion rubles was taken out of ATMs and bank transfers in just the past seven weeks, which again, this, this amounted to the total that was withdrawn in all of 2019. And we are still just in April, which again, makes me kind of wonder and remember, and, and probably a lot of other Russians remember what happened in Cyprus in 2013, where that country went through an entire banking system collapse. Yes, the situation in Cyprus in 2013 needs to be remembered, needs to be talked about right now, because if you remember, Cyprus was a country that was a safe haven for many Russians because they had very lax tax laws, which allowed a lot of Russian and oligarchs and businessmen and corporatists and globalists to put their money in there, thinking it was safe. Well, 
it definitely wasn't safe as of course there was major economic problems in Greece which signaled major economic problems in Cyprus and it came out to a situation where Cyprus literally owned owed more money than they had they owed more money than their GDP and the way that they fixed it well what did they do they decided to just take 6 to 10% away from people's saving accounts. They had a national bank holiday and they said, you know what? Our banks made some bad decisions, so we're just going to steal your money, take it away, and claim it as ours to pay off this debt that they did. John, you're an economic historian. What are some of the lessons that we could learn from Cyprus? And, and what are some of the bigger warning signs that we're seeing happening in Russia right now with a lot of money being withdrawn from ATMs? Well, you know, money being withdrawn out of the ATMs is the bank's worst nightmare, of course. It's called a bank run. And uh, in Russia, if you actually, I, I ran the numbers. So the three biggest banks, it's Zverbank, uh, VTB Bank, and Gazprom Bank. Uh, they have about 26.59 trillion rubles in deposits. And of course, uh, one trillion is uh, withdrawn. Uh, that would be about uh, for those banks. There's probably more. So we're like looking at maybe 0.5 to 1% of all cash have been taken out of uh, Russian banks, which is extremely significant. But out of the top three, uh, you were looking at 3.77% of, of their deposits if you calculated just one trillion of that. So it's, it's quite significant and it's actually um, a huge number uh, when you look at how much money is you know leaked out of the banks. And of course, they got caught uh, over in Cyprus where uh, it was Larnaca Bank and Bank of Cyprus at the time that failed. Uh, and they had derivative bets on Greek debt to fail. So that's how it actually, th there was a, there was two banks that bet on other banks to fail, and then they got bailed out, the Greek banks, so they failed in Cyprus on top of this. This is just like, you got to laugh at these, these banks. But what happened to the, the ramifications of, you know, uh, we, we talk about deposit insurance and all this stuff that, you know, it's very significant and very important. Um, and they have a lot of that coming out now through emails, through, uh, you know, commercials on TVs, all this deposit insurance, everything's fine keep your money in the bank, all these things that are coming out. So what you see now is you know, a huge push for that. But what happened in Cyprus was that uh, the insured depositors, so the uh, under 100 euro, 100,000 euros, they lost uh, on an average 6.9%. The above 100,000, which is not insured, they lost uh, on an average about 9.9%. But there was people that lost way more. For example, a lady, she was selling her house. She was a retired lady. She wanted to move back to England. Uh, she had been, you know, living most of her retirement age in Cyprus. She sold her house and then the money got stuck in, uh, I, I think it was Bank of Cyprus. And she lost 50% of that money. 50% of that money that was supposed to, you know, go back and, you know, be her uh, retirement savings for the rest of uh, her time that she was going to be alive. So um, you, you see a lot of this happening, of course. And, and, you know, that's where, you know, people are leery now in Russia. They're, they know what's coming. And, of course, they might have watched Change the News and other channels or follow my bankroundwatch.org. Uh, website where they actually, you know, uh, can keep updated on, you know, bank runs around the world. And this is, of course, the start of it. And I, I you know, one trillion rubles out of, you know, X amount, you probably like that's 0.5%, probably close to of all the deposits uh, in Russia 
which is, uh, you know, huge significance because banks, they don't hold a lot of cash. Most banks, you know, if you do cash to deposit ratios now, you can't really do it anymore because they have cash and equivalent. So the on their balance sheet, it shows cash and equivalent together, but the equivalent is actually uh, deposits at the, their central bank. And the problem is that 99.9% probably of that is digital. So it's not really cash, you know, in physical form that they, they uh, that you can calculate in a proper manner. But even when you do that, you get anywhere between, you know, 0.5% the TD here in Canada up to, you know, 10, 20%, depending on the banks that I looked at. So it's it's hugely significant and, uh, and uh, you know, severe uh, blow to the Russian banks. And they could be, uh, you know, bank runs severe, uh, developing really fast as, you know, this continues because Russia just entered into the COVID crisis uh, compared to others. So they are, you know, probably like half a, uh, about half a month, uh, you know, behind everybody on, you know, what's going to happen. So I think we can see a lot more uh, of this money, cash being withdrawn out of uh, Russian banks. And uh, that might have se severe ramifications for some of those uh, big banks. Of course. And again, this is important on a global scale. And Russia was one of the first countries to kind of lock down, stop travel from China before anyone else. But now we're seeing a kind of uptick according to their numbers. We're also seeing the Russian government gain more power over over its citizenry there. But there's a commercial, there's like this predatory advertisement running on, on mainstream media a lot. And there's always a saying on it. It's my money and I want it now. Uh, with these like insurance policies, I forgot the exact company that does it, but there's always this famous, uh, there's always these people just screaming, it's my money and I want it now. That And people need to be reminded, that's not how the banking system works at all. The bank takes takes your money, right? And then multiply it and, and divides it up in multiple different ways and just gives it off to everyone else. And, and that ten dollars that you that you, you put in there it, it's not in the bank anymore it's been divvied up hundreds of different ways uh i'm not even exaggerating to of course make money out of money that's 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 the well, basic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and on top of that luke for, there are actually you know buying assets with that derivatives investing in all this stuff they, they weren't used to they didn't used to do that in good old savings and loan days you know they borrowed uh, money from you putting in in your deposit account and then they actually lent out x amount on a ratio that doesn't happen and where they actually take your money and then just go and gamble in markets or gamble in derivatives whatever they can with it uh so today's modern banks are extremely extremely risky and that's why i personally so this is not this of course my opinion but it's personally i take out any cash that i can out of the bank that i don't need to pay bills yeah, yeah. There's uh, government agents coming out saying, uh, especially here in the United States, being like, it's safe to keep your money at the bank. Don't keep it underneath your mattress. That's a foolish. That's very risky. You look at history. Keeping your money in the banks is risky. Let's just be extremely. Honest. And especially, especially Russian history. I mean, Russian history was very turbulent. And there have been previous crises in Russia where people couldn't get their money out of their own banks. Uh, that's because, again, of, of this like criminal banking financial system. I mean, I've been to Zimbabwe. Still, to this day, there's lines down the block to the mm -hmm. bank in Zimbabwe. In Mexico, because of uh, also just really poor handling of, of their money every 15th and 30th of the month huge lines, people waiting to get their paychecks. Um, in Venezuela, maximum 
20, uh, about, what is it, $10 or, or 20 American dollars, the equivalent of, you could get out of the ATM if the ATM yeah, was even working. Controls, yeah. And then there's gang members all around, uh, you know, the ATMs just waiting for people to take their money out. Uh, meanwhile, there's like, you know, government agents walking around to, to every kind of business and restaurant open, making sure that they follow all these regulations and have s huge signs that say gun-free zones. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's, it was the murder capital of the world, the, the place that I was at at the time that I was there. And, and truly, the pain and suffering that was done there by just irresponsible financial institutions is just mind-boggling. And if we think it can't come to the United States, uh, you're thinking wrong. You're, you're thinking from a uh, not logical sense. And, uh, you know, I even just released a T-shirt here uh, just a couple uh, couple days ago. I released a T-shirt saying, uh, if, if you trust government, you don't know history, which which I think is an important one to understand. That's why I like talking to you, John. You always provide some very important context and highlights that a lot of people don't kind of pick up. But when we look at history, uh, it, it, it doesn't really provide us reassuring lessons, especially with our current situation, does it? No, it's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of backgrounds throughout history. And just just search it up, search up backgrounds and go and look at pictures. You'll find pictures from, you know, back in the in the French uh, period or, or Dutch banks back in the 1600s. Uh, there was even backgrounds back all the way uh, back to, you know, in uh, in China when they had some of their uh, first paper currencies that they had available. Uh, so these happens all the time because banks, they uh, like to dabble because nobody wants to keep, you know, the, the sole banking system is Ponzi scheme. So what, they don't have 100% of your deposits on hand for you to just withdraw yourself. Uh, they, you know, you got to take some of that deposit that comes out. That comes from a whole bunch of wide array of places uh, because there's others that also have their deposits. So if everybody were to take out their deposits, some banks, you might only be able to get out, uh, you know, one percent of you that uh, would uh, have it in cash, so that's a that's a significant uh, problem. And throughout history, there's been you know hundreds of as I said thousands of times where they had these backgrounds. You know um, what is it? It's a Wonderful Life. If anybody has seen that movie here in Canada, everybody watches it for uh, you know for Christmas. But nobody seems to uh, recognize that it was a bank run through the Great Depression that they were, you know, uh, showing that, you know, uh, what, what's his name there that uh, is uh, the main character, you know, had where he uh, didn't have the money in the bank, basically. Uh, and that's what's uh, happening around the world. And there's uh, several places where there's uh, big cash shortages developing because people are trying to hoard. And what you're going to see now over the next couple of months is people are not going to spend money. They get to be hoarding them in mass amounts at home. They're gonna probably try to hoard as much of that $1,200 check that they had. Uh, and at some point, you know, uh, confidence slowly comes back again, and then you're gonna start spending it into the economy. And then suddenly, the, that actual inflation uh, that you see in prices might just go through the roof. Now, of course, the uh, here in Canada, we have the CDIC or you have the FDIC in. Uh, in uh, in uh, the U.S. or the financial claim scheme in in Australia, uh, Australia just like basically uh, covers twenty billion dollars out of uh, eight hundred to nine hundred billion dollars of their depositors. Um, in Canada, it's zero point thirty nine percent of deposits that are covered that are insured. 
Uh, so you can see this whole scam and, and the confidence game. This is all a confidence game because they put out, you know, all these, as you said, these commercials, you know, saying that everything is fine, uh, which is just pure propaganda because they're deathly scared of you taking your money out of the bank because that will topple most of the banks around the world if you did. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a kind of a perplexing situation, especially with everything that's happening now, because either way, like we, we gave our power, our responsibility to these large financial institutions that literally are dangling our futures off of a cliff. And they're like, yeah, well, take, take your money out. We're, we're going to explode the whole economy. If you do that, keep your money in. We're going to keep making very reckless, irresponsible behaviors uh, with your money that, uh, again, just 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 raise us higher over this 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 hill that we're all looking at with saying whole family friendly show oh shiza this is this is not good to say the least now seeing everything in in the beginning a couple of weeks ago i was telling everyone hey you know it might be a good time to look at gold and, and silver i was mm -hmm. telling people i even renewed my uh, affiliate deal with getyoursilvernow.com getyoursilvernow.com uh, but uh, overall without you know e i mean this could even be be bigger without even just talking about gold and silver here i think one of the biggest assets that people need to be reminded of is their relationships with their friends their family members and their neighborhood even though the financial system is ridden with corruption and it's just a scam the barter system is a system that is time tested throughout human history trading resources and services actual things to one another in a community is something that will of course safeguard a lot of people it actually does something unlike the banking financial system that literally takes money and makes money out of it literally no service no manufacturing nothing that's all they do just 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 print and 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 delve out pieces of freaking paper that are not even there in the bank for you so out yeah. of all that grow a garden create a service, learn to do something that you could trade as a skill. John, you had something else to say, but we're going to be kind of closing it off here. So before you kind of finish your statement, also tell us where people could find out more about you. Yeah, no, for sure. You can find uh, everything about me at theeconomictruth.org. Uh, and there's all my books, all my information, uh, all the videos that I do, links to everything. Uh, and then, of course, check out background.org because it's very important, uh, alluding to this uh, video itself. Uh, because bank runs do happen any time throughout history, and uh, we we are not immune at this time. Uh, and so, like that's what's going to happen here. We we like history is repeating itself, and it will again. And if we uh, you know listen to these agencies, because it's all a trust game. When that trust breaks in any currency, and that's what you saw when you were in Venezuela, when the trust in the purchasing power of a currency breaks, it's game over. No matter what they try to think these governments that they could print money and uh, just on a continuous basis, when the trust of the people disappears, it's game over. <laughs> and yeah, and also bail out their billion-dollar companies and other buddies and other banks like Citadel and Black Cube and all these other ones. I could keep going into it. I mean, the audacity, the audacity of what's happening right now is oh, absolutely yeah. mind-boggling. And yeah. just one last thing: interest rates are apartheid. You know, they are borrowing money at zero dollar, zero percent. Meanwhile, they're forcing credit cards down people's throats at 19%. It's, it's such a, yeah, this is modern-day apartheid in the financial system. But when you can make money with money, that's the death of any monetary system throughout history, unfortunately. Yep. Socialism for the super 0.01%.
Everyone else, well, as you said, pretty much apartheid, <laughs> pretty much financially <laughs> speaking, of course. That's my take on it. John, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you on and have your back backdrop. I love history. I'm a big history buff, so I love having these important conversations. The world is changing, to say the least. We're trying to do our best to keep up with it. If you appreciate this video and the information we shared with you, share it with your friends and family members no one else will but you and because you guys still do we're still here and this is why love you guys stay tuned for more here on wearechange.org